0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Empire Life Podcast. I'm Alison Ramsey, your host, and we interview entrepreneurs, game changers, influencers from all around the world on their personal life stories and journeys, giving you tips and tricks and how to launch your own online empire, how to start making the impact and influence that you really want in the world. And we have a special guest today, Amber Sears. And she is the founder of Epic Self. She also is a business coach and she leads somatic yoga retreats all around the world, specifically, mostly in Costa Rica. And she really feels at home in Costa Rica. We're going to dive more into that in a minute. She's also a holistic business and lifestyle coach. And I'll hand it over to her to intro herself a little bit more.
1: (laughs) Hey, Allison, thank you so much for having me. Very grateful to be here. And, uh, yeah, so to kind of share a little bit about more what I do, um, my two big focuses right now is I am really, um expanding so much online and and diversifying what I'm doing. So over the last 10 years, I've been running a health and wellness website and coaching business, um, primarily focused on helping people heal and awaken mind, body, and spirit. And so in the last five years, I've really dove into business coaching actually, because I had a lot of uh, health and wellness entrepreneurs come to me saying, Hey, I love your lifestyle and your business. How did you build it? I really want to know what you're doing and how you're doing it. I can same sort of lifestyle. And so it became this whole new paradigm of, okay, like, great. Let me, dive into how I can coach people uh, in building their online presence and their their online offerings and also, to be able to travel more and have more of a location-independent lifestyle, which is something that was a huge focus for me when I was building my business. So, um, But Epic Self started way back 10 years ago as just a simple blog. So I started blogging about health and wellness and the things that I was really passionate about, like nutrition, um, Pilates, and yoga, which I'm also certified in and have been teaching for 10 years. So my background is actually in movement. And uh, I grew up as a dancer. So my whole life, I danced and went on to dance professionally getting my green dance. And so dance was always a kind of like my biggest heart's calling and passion. And then through that process of being a dancer, I actually found Pilates, yoga, and nutrition as really powerful modalities for helping me stay at my, at my peak uh, condition as a dancer and also injury free. Cause I was experiencing a lot of injuries at, um, in that world. <laughs> so Pilates and yoga nutrition became modalities that I was so passionate about because they helped me so much. I wanted to give back and, and help serve other people in that way. So that's, online coaching, and also in-person coaching in San Francisco. Working, um, And then fast forward several years, I decided to move to Costa Rica. And this was a really big shift for me out of city life, um, going more online and also doing more productions. So really, uh, what happened is Costa Rica to open up a wellness center. This was six years ago. And I uh, I had, you know, daily classes, workshops, retreats, and teacher training programs happening pretty much around the clock at that center, um, and after about a year, I decided to close the doors on that brick-and-mortar space completely online because I was so in love with this location-independent lifestyle, being able to have the freedom and flexibility to really do what I what I love anywhere I want in the world, and um, so, yeah, that's been the years now, um, just online, a lot of online coaching and programs, and then primarily focusing on retreats and trainings in terms of meeting with my clients uh, in person. And uh, so that's primarily been down in Costa Rica uh, because that's where I was living full time.
0: Nice. So where in Costa Rica again? Um, Manuel,
1: Manuel Antonio, Costa Rica, which is uh, central Pacific coast.
0: Okay, sweet. Yeah. <laughs> sweet. And, and you, you do a lot of speaking there where you meet your clients and leading yeah. the retreats. Exactly. Yeah. So my retreats are anywhere between seven,
1: like five to seven day long experiences, and so I'll, you know, have a group come down and I'll be with them for that entire week. We'll um, adventure and learn and grow together. And each part of my work is also working with ayahuasca. So um, I sat in my first ayahuasca ceremony it was five and a half years ago, and since then been through a whole huge transformation and healing journey with that for myself. And then was able to partner up with the local shaman and start to weave that into my offering. So that's been a really big emphasis and focus in my work the last several years.
0: And hopefully, we can bring some of that to Austin too. Yeah. On what that looks like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. I would love to. I think it's a it's beautiful, a little, little sketchy. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. That is incredible. Thank you so much for sharing all that with us and part of your journey. I want to dive in, Amber. Well, maybe this is related to your ayahuasca healing journey too. Yeah. And some things that maybe some of the first things that come to mind and when you were younger sure. and part of what, and I, I feel like dance is interconnected with that as well. Like what brought you through this healing journey and mm. connecting with the somatic experiences and with yoga what what are some stories that come, that came up or come up for you if you're reflecting on? Yeah, I I kind of always had this aspect of myself when I was younger, and may or maybe I didn't understand this certain aspect of myself, and this is how my healing journey helped helped me to transform that into mm-hmm. what you do now.
1: Yeah, so you know, so much of my background being a, a dancer was very disciplined and very. Uh, Structured and I had a lot of pressure on me at a very young age to be professional to look a certain way perform a certain way uh, To basically be perfect. So I had a really intense perfectionistic uh, Mentality and type a workaholic mentality. So one thing that I've healed a lot over the years It has been a huge shift for me how I live my life and how I run my business is, and also how I work with people is to really shift out of that mindset into one, a a lot more balance, (laughs) a lot more ease, grace, and flow. Um, and a lot of that, you know, a lot of that deeper healing work happened within my first couple ceremonies where I realized how self-destructive I was by being so controlling type a perfectionistic, right? All those things will really stop you at every step of the way. If, you know, as an entrepreneur, if you are not keeping them in check. So I I had to really work through those things because that perfectionist mentality prevented me from hiring on the assistance I needed, the team I needed, because I wanted to control everything and make sure that everything was done properly and to my standard. Um, It also prevented me from asking for help when I needed it and asking uh, for mentorship and coaching and hiring um, mentors and coaches when I needed them most. Um, It also prevented me from putting my workout into the world because I was such a perfectionist. I was like, it's not perfect enough yet. So I Mm -hmm. can't put it out there and, and risk being judged and criticized for something that's not perfect. So a lot of that, I had to work through that internal, that internal work to and headspace space and heart space to really be able to do what I do now to the fullest capacity with full
0: confidence and trust in what I'm doing. Mm. I'm sure a lot of people relate to that that yeah. are listening right now. <laughs> mm-hmm. Wow. The, totally. And with the, with the perfectionism, can you dive a little deeper in how that wasn't serving you and, and some of the, real, the realizations of, of how it wasn't serving you and then transforming that into, into how it's serving you now? Yeah. So
1: I would say the perfectionism was, was so damaging for me because it kept me in a state of fear. So I was really working from state of fear. If I look back and I look back at how I was running my life, my business, I was operating from a space of scarcity and fear because control, the root of control and, and, uh, is fear (laughs) bottom line. And so I, I only realized that though, you know, in the last, let's say seven years where I really realized, okay, this is actually where I'm operating from. And what that does is it prevents me from attracting my ideal clients. It keeps me locked in scarcity basically, um, in terms of my mindset. And so um not only was I super controlling and anxious and felt overwhelmed oftentimes and felt stressed and it would take on too much work. I'm a total workhorse. So what I would do is just pile on more work because I'm like, no, I got this, I got this, guys. Like I can wear all the hats. I can manage everything. Don't worry, like I got this. And in doing so, um, I was in a chronic state of overwhelm, anxiety, um, fear, and depression low level depression for sure. Like I loved what I was doing, but I was still in a, in a low level state of depression compared to where I'm at now, if I was to compare the two. And so really what, um, shifted everything for me was realizing, wow. Okay. First of all, macro perspective, this is how I'm operating. <laughs> um, it's not serving me because I'm not connected to my heart. I'm actually not enjoying my life mm. at all. Like I'm, I'm working, I, I'm, this was baseline for me, and what was actually available to me was so much more in terms of my, like joy, connection with my clients and with my staff, um, Oh, my right, being in flow, being open to things, adapting and changing. I wasn't open to any of that. I was very like dogmatically hardcore focused, and I was there was like this pushing energy behind everything that I did. I'm gonna make this happen. I'm gonna drive. I'm gonna hustle. I'm gonna push. And what I learned the hard way after hitting burnout so many times and trying to make things happen that just weren't flowing, but I continued to push, was that I need to slow down and really, really allow myself to receive the support. So asking for help when I need it, um, hiring the coaches and mentors. And and by doing so, I alleviated so much pressure and stress from myself and was able to really open my heart more fully and experience life, enjoy life more fully. And to me, that's everything. Like, why are you working if it's not to actually enjoy your life more fully and have a more um, joyful ride in life, right? To me, like, that's a huge part of why I'm an entrepreneur is because I wanted that freedom and flexibility and that uh, play and that uh, balance in my life. And what I found is that I was a slave to my own business. I was just hustling and a rat in a wheel, even though I wasn't in the system of like a nine to five Corporate job, I was still a slave to my own company. And so, after hitting burnout so many times, that's really when I was like, okay, Amber, Amber, something's got to change. There's a better way to work. There's a smarter way to work that requires less hustle, less pushing, and uh, involves a lot more ease, grace, and flow and receiving. Um, And when I started doing that, oh man, everything shifted. So, that required me to like really, really slow down and be very present. And this is where yoga became one of the most helpful practices Mm -hmm. of all time. Meditating every day, yoga. Um, Pilates is also always a huge uh, modality for me. So incorporating all this in and then really designing, what does that, what does my ideal day look like? And really getting clear about that. How many hours do I want to be working? How many hours do I want to have open for connection time with my friends and family? Um, how much do I want to travel? You know, so getting really clear about that macro vision of what matters to me and then setting that on a schedule and organizing it that way.
0: Mm, I'm definitely going to revisit that again too. Probably today. (laughs) I love it. I something love good it. to
1: reflect on, right?
0: <laughs> it is. It is, yeah. and because I find, or even myself, if I'm if I'm not checking that, I find myself yeah. in reactive mode. Okay, this client exactly. needs this. Okay, this this email needs to be sent right now. If we're not aware, conscious in. And, and now uh, w- one thing that I do is I aim to write down everything that I'm going to do when I do get on the computer instead of, oh, this tab is open. Okay, I need to do this over here. I need to do this over here. And then I'm aiming to do 10 things at once, which is never really <laughs> <laughs> productive or yeah. efficient. So I have my, my list of things I'm going to accomplish and have that set time that I'm going to accomplish it and get off the computer because I started to notice that being on electronics a lot was affecting how present I was even after getting off of the electronics, and I wanna be fully present. So, like, having that mission, okay, I'm gonna do this now. I, I'm mostly always on the computer, and most of my work is on the computers. Like, I have this now, finish this, move on to. Actually closing the computer, <laughs> yeah. having a real conversation with a real yeah. human, yes. re- reconnecting <laughs> or reconnecting with myself. Yeah. You said the meditation and yoga time. And, and I started to make really good friendships mm-hmm. also in the yoga classes. And that makes you feel part of the community. The people that are attracted to the, to the modality are in, it's like, it's, I, I can't even begin to describe with words. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the lovely souls that I've met when I continue to make time for that and be part of the community.
1: Yeah. So self-care, you know, really has to become number one. And that's something that I've, I've always struggled with is my self-care though. I always ate really clean and as a nutritionist, I always ate really clean. I always worked out every day, but in terms of like mental and emotional, um, self-care, I I would just push that off to the side. Like, Nope, I got to get all this stuff done and, you know, just drive and focus. And, Self-care has become my number one priority above all else. Um, so that means like double downing on self-care during the most hectic, stressful times when you're feeling the most overwhelmed, that's become the ritual because that's how I stay balanced within the intensity and, and make sure I stay grounded and, and at my highest capacity uh, in terms of energy, clarity, making decisions from a place of abundance versus scarcity. Cause mm-hmm. it's very easy to just like, like you said, react to things when you're in that that state, that inner state. So it's really become this process of how do I manage my energy and my internal state so that I can make the wisest choices and be the most present. Yeah.
0: Yes, I completely agree. Can you give us a rundown somewhat? Let's say, I I feel like this might be a good example. Let's say that you're about to have an event or you're hosting a retreat a few hours before or the day before, how do you double down on your self-care do you have some kind of ritual that some rituals that you follow before your events or before you're about to go on stage or you have something where you're going to be somewhat of an open container to hold Mm -hmm. all those amazing people and their transformations? How do you prepare for that?
1: You know, so definitely I always try to get all the logistical to do's done a week before. So anything like, you know, uh, shuttles and, emails and whatever needs to go out to those participants or to my staff that all goes out like a week in advance, everything's orchestrated. So when I get to Costa Rica, for example, this last retreat, I got to Costa Rica a couple days before the retreat. So that gave me time and space to, um, I only worked a couple hours a day leading into it cause I knew that I was going to be with them for five days straight and I would need to be full on present, aware, energized the whole time. And I also really want to make sure I show up that way. It's very important to me. Um, So with that being said, like the first, the two days prior, I would go to the beach, I'd go to the gym, I do all the things that really light me up inside, that fill me up. Maybe that's Mm. listening to an inspiring podcast. Um, Really being in nature is really nourishing to me. So specifically being in the jungle in Costa Rica, ocean, right? All those things that really nourish me. Um, but definitely taking the best care of my body. So eating clean, working out every day, um, opening the body with yoga, uh, just, yeah, just really attuning everything so that I can be my, my best self. But um, yeah, that's kind of the, the way it works with retreats
0: at least. Mm-hmm. Amazing. And when it comes to personal relationships, let's say, That you're doing all of those, so I I hear you, that you double down, uh, you might Mm -hmm. get a massage, you open the body with yoga, you do everything that lights you up. What if something comes up with one of your loved ones that, that immediately needs your attention? how will you handle that or how will you give boundaries? Because I, I'm sure that people are listening and they're like, well, what about, you know, my kids or what about my husband or what about my partner and what if something comes up and while I have this intention to give myself all this self-care yeah. and then I need to take some time to devote to reconnecting with them. How do you yeah. continue? It's my my main question is how do you continue to stay truly connected with yourself and in alignment with yourself while – maintaining connection with your loved ones.
1: Yeah, great question. So one of the things that JP and I, my husband, have really done since the day we met is we talk every day on the phone. So when we first met, we were away from each other for months at, at a time Skype or this um, every night for an hour minimum. And so it was this time for us to like really connect, talk about the day, even if it was just talk, right? Which often it is because we've talked the day before. So there's not a lot to talk about. <laughs> but it's really just each other's eyes and being present with each other and supporting each other through whatever happened the day before, whatever is coming up, you know, just being there. So, um, to me, that's really important. So even during my retreats, I have a Skype call with JP every night. Um, I used to talk to my parents probably once every two weeks on Skype as well. Um, when I, you know, have time and, and space to do that, I'll dedicate that time to connect with them. Um, and to me, you know, staying connected to my dear friends, my like soul sisters, uh, the beautiful part is I get to work with many of them. So a lot of them live in Costa Rica. We work on productions together. Like I get to see them a lot when we're in the production space. Um, But also like when we're away, I do a lot of Facebook messaging, Facebook calls, um, Facebook time or FaceTime calls, I should say. Um, And yeah, so just to me though, it's, there's definitely boundaries because as you know, being in the online space, you get bombarded with a ton of comments and messages and you constantly feel like you have to be in a response mode of, or the reaction mode of just going going through that list and, and uh, making sure that you give everyone time and space. And while that's important, I have to be very selective about that. So I have two assistants that work with me full-time in social media, um, and they are uh, helping me with everything from commenting, DMing, um, emails. So they manage a lot of the influx of all the messages, and then they will start the ones that I really need to pay attention to. Um, let's say retreat guests, um, clients, past retreat guests and clients, um, incoming leads, things like that we've got to really be on top of. But um, for me, there's very clear boundaries about how much time I spend doing that every day. So with social media, it's like 20 minutes in the morning, 20 minutes at night that I'm engaging and then I back out. (laughs) Otherwise it can be all consuming as you know, it can be a full-time job. And so I really have to pick and choose how I respond and, and who I respond to.
0: And so that leads me to another question. Sure. How, about, how long did that take you to train those assistants? Um, I would say
1: the cool thing is that they came with a lot of skill set. So like, for example, my social media, manager, she already had the skill set. I just needed to give her the strategy and she ran with it. And so maybe like an hour or two of talking oh, wow. and, and discussing. Yeah.
0: If people knew um, it, then, it was that easy, they probably wouldn't wait to... Uh, yeah, exactly. I, <laughs> exactly. I mean, the key is to hire the right person, right? And the cool thing I already knew
1: this girl, um, specifically, I already worked with her. Um, at, she was actually one of my coaching clients in business. And so I already knew her very well. I knew her capacity and she was already doing a lot of social media managing for many other brands. And so I knew her, I knew what she could do. And so I was very excited to work with her. I think it's really important that you always hire Hire well, know know who you're hiring um, and know how to ask right, the right questions because believe me, I've made all the mistakes and hired all the wrong people for all the wrong reasons throughout the years and so I've really learned the hard way you know how to make sure that I'm interviewing people properly and making sure that the people that are coming into my company are really passionate about what I'm doing and also have the skill set so that yes I'm happy to train someone in a certain skill set or maybe they're self-taught learners and they want to go in and dig through and learn everything that you're asking them to do. But uh, the training period can be really short. So my other assistant and I took up probably about two weeks to get in the flow because she was doing a lot of my logistics, emails, scheduling, um, and email marketing. So there's a lot of other pieces in there that she was doing that were, let's say, more creative-based. Like she had to be a lot more creative, and so I was giving her a lot of feedback on some of that stuff.
0: Sweet, sweet. So both of them have kind of similar tasks in the way that they're – delegating are the way that you're delegating to them, though they have specific differences or unique areas that they are covering?
1: Yeah, very much so. Yep. So one is specifically focused on social media. The other is basically my right arm in in all of my logistics for um, like from financial tracking to um, booking my clients for me, scheduling all of them, uh, organizing all the shuttles and logistics for the retreats. Um, also doing email campaigns, helping me set those up and launch those. So just a lot of different, she's like my main right arm and her and I work together Amazing. a lot throughout the week. Yeah. So it's just such a blessing. And, you know, it took me years to hire the right help. Um, I was really resistant to bringing on people part-time or full-time and I, and I so wish I'd started earlier because the amount a space and, and energy that I save, time, space, and energy that I save by training the right people and just trusting them and just giving, just letting them go and run with it. My gosh, has it taken a massive amount of stress off my shoulders. So there's one thing I can tell you, like hire the right people, even if it's just part-time, even if it's two hours a day, Monday through Friday, like really it doesn't have to be a lot, but it can be so much in terms of alleviating all the overwhelm that especially, you know, solo entrepreneurs and new business owners are experiencing.
0: Hmm. That is gold. Yeah, Sweet gold Amber. <laughs> and before we hop off one last question, I really wanted to dive into is while you are building up this massive empire, you already have a massive in online empire, super conscious. Um I mean, I've watched so many of your videos. I absolutely love them. I, I really connect with your online presence. And then uh, you're with also a powerhouse, another powerhouse. Yes, yes, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so you guys have joined forces, or so to speak, yes. of two huge powerhouse conscious entrepreneurs and influencers. I don't even know where to begin and how you you manage to continue to stay connected, set boundaries. Um, both of you feel nourished. Both of you are fueled. For leading others through the transformations that they need in that time and space, and I, don't know, I know that we dove into that a little bit. But how do you, like w- what are some of the strategies that you recommend for people listening that they may be feeling? Well, I have all this going on. I'm going to continue to stay single. I know that at some point mm-hmm. I told myself that, and that was yeah. a story I was telling myself. That's not actually the truth, but. Yeah. We're like we have this huge mission that's beyond mm-hmm. having a, a beyond our partner. Yeah. And am I ever going to find somebody who totally gets it and can yeah. tune in drop in with me mm. accept my vision vision and mission and understand that it's a little bigger than them. They're not my whole <laughs> world. They're <laughs> not my whole world. <laughs> yeah. And mm. then we both have this this philosophy and how do we support each other? How do we come together? And also still have our own light and spreading our own vision and mission. Yeah. Can you dive into that?
1: Yeah. You know, <laughs> this has been such a, an interesting process for me
0: because um, being
1: uh, an entrepreneur and being so purpose-driven, like you said, I have so much fire in me and so much I'm here to do. And one of the most challenging aspects was when I met JP, I was like, okay, so we're like these pillars of strength on our own. And, and de- like. The cool thing is our mission is very similar, right? We're here to awaken and heal the collective. Very, very similar. We just do it in very different ways. And so my initials, like, are we going to weave our, our work together? Are we going to end up doing workshops and retreats together? Is that going to ever be a thing? Um, at this point, that's a no based on how our trajectories are going, right? And so then it became, okay, so how are we going to weave our lives together? (laughs) Because I also have had an experience in the past, you know, taking on a romantic partner who was also became a business partner. And that was really challenging for us to actually do both, right. To be full-time in business and so uh, be romantic together. So that ended up falling out. And I, I don't know if I'd ever do that again, honestly. And so even with JP, (laughs) so, so with that being said, Um, the challenge has been, how do we prioritize our time? Because our our relationship is number one. Definitely. It's gotta be number one because we're both workaholics and it's very easy for us to just stay in our lane and like just be passing ships in the night. We both have two offices in the house right next to each other. And we can just pass like this in the hallways if we don't actually create playtime and set time on the calendar to go do that quality time together. My love language is quality time. For me sure. too. Me too. Thing, right, like going on <laughs> adventures together and yes. sharing life together. Like to me, that's why we're here. That's why we're doing mm-hmm. everything that we're doing is so we can have that time together.
0: Eye gazing, eye gazing is one of my or yeah. my partner and I started doing that.
1: Yeah, it's so yeah. so beautiful. And and mm-hmm. so for us, we've had to be as as much as it's not spontaneous or romantic to some people's in some people's eyes, for us, we had to carve out time on our schedule and actually block it out like a to-do, where we've got half a play day, you know, once a week, and then we've got a full day off together once a week, so that Mm -hmm. no matter where, if he's doing a comedy show series, let's say across the country, and he comes back for a couple days, or I'm in Costa Rica, and I come back, we have this time together, and we set that on the calendar. That's been very, very important to us. Also, we've had to set strict boundaries around how much we're working per day, <laughs> so we both can work eighteen-hour days and be like, okay, let's do it again the next day. And so we've had to really say, okay, we're starting at let's say seven, eight o'clock. We start closing the, the computers at five, so that we have the evening time together. Or we have lunch time together. We have some sort of time together where we're eating, connecting, quality time every day. That's super important for us too. Um, so yeah, that's how we've structured the boundaries. That wasn't easy initially to do that either. <laughs> um, so I'd really recommend like look at your schedule, sit down together and find that time to go do what you guys want to do and make sure that you set that on the schedule. Otherwise it won't happen and won't be a priority. And then also, uh, you know, I'd say in terms of holding your own a female entrepreneur, I think a lot of women are this when they start to come into sacred union with their partner is that they want to be supportive of their partner's vision. At the same time, they need to have boundaries around their, their self-care and their purpose so that they can stay feeling on purpose. Because for me, if I go off purpose for too long, I get really depressed. I start to feel like, why am I here? Like, what's my purpose? I'm just so. An example of this is I went on tour with JP for like three months, and I was coaching online, doing you know as much work as I could online. But it wasn't working with people in person. It wasn't seeing transformation happen in front of my eyes. It wasn't working the capacity that I do when I'm on my own. And I was feeling so disheartened. I was feeling like my soul was slowly being paved over as I'm just like this woman on his arm, you know, being showcased around on these tools. I was like, this is me. This isn't why I'm here. I don't feel like I'm actually doing much um, in life right now that's of service to humanity, that's, that's on purpose for me. And so I had to really set, okay, strong boundaries. <laughs> okay, I'm, I realize I can't do it like this. I can maybe come to a show for a weekend. I need to go and work on my stuff because this stuff is super important to my heart and why I'm here. Um, If I don't get to do that, I'm not a happy camper. (laughs) And I start to feel like half, I feel like a shell of amber. You know, I'm not inspired and excited about life. I just, yeah. So for me, um, I've had to realize that. And that was, those are strong lessons, big lessons for me about how to hold my own and and communicate what my needs are. I love you and I want to be at your shows, but I'm only going to go to like two shows out of the five because I need to do this Facebook live to connect with my tribe or, you know, I need to write these emails or do this video course. Like, so really uh, communicating that clearly and compassionately. Um, And also that had to be a lot of communication with him because uh, over expectations and assumptions, like maybe he expected me to be at all of his shows and I'm like, uh, that's not going to be me. I'm not going to be at every show. I love you, but I'm not going to be at every show. <laughs> you know, so having to have those conversations so that we have clear expectations about what it is, that how we're supporting each other, if that makes sense. Um, so he'll come down to Costa Rica, for example, for like a week or two and he'll support me in my world, in my vision, doing, doing me to the fullest capacity. And then I'll go on tour with him for a certain amount of days um, and support him. So we've just really
0: had to figure that out by trial and error. Mm, such as you're not expecting him also to come to every retreat or be exactly. there be exactly be there for everything or or stop stop his whole life or stop your whole or stop yeah. your your whole purpose and and do that at that's great. I love yeah, all that definitely. it comes definitely back to the learning. open and learning and open communication
1: yeah it sounds like yeah, absolutely and realizing like when we're holding resentment about a partner not being there for us. So there's a lot of, you know, if I'm down in Costa Rica for three months and I'm like, you came down for one week, like that doesn't feel supported and balanced compared to how much time I spend with you and your business and supporting you, you know, so just having conversations and being willing to have those hard conversations, find a better balance.
0: Mm. Mm. That's true. And, and a lot of those expectations may come from, Stories or past, yes. um, past experiences, and yeah, very much so. Often unspoken, often we don't even realize it until we're in the situation. Oh, right. I didn't realize I actually had that expectation, and that's coming from something I saw my mom do, or exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and I'm really trying to consciously
1: create what our ideal sacred union looks like because we definitely feel there's a broken marriage. Paradigm that's currently existing (laughs) in our culture, where you know the vast majority of people are getting divorced. It's like sixty percent divorce rate or something like that, and and a lot of it comes down to communication, lack of communication, and lack of communication skills. But I also feel like um, there's this broken model of how things should be, and in actuality, the modern day couple is like, no, this powerhouse woman entrepreneur, powerhouse male entrepreneur. How are they going to weave their lives together? How are they going to create a third pillar of strength that still includes these two separate pillars? So that you you know really have this triad.
0: Amen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you bring and then and then perhaps you bring another pillar of strength if um, with a baby. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. We're creating one. <laughs> yeah. And then and then the whole I feel like the whole purpose of of that or part of the purpose is then teaching them how to be their own pillar of strength and.
1: Absolutely. But yeah,
0: there's so much, right? So much. But it's so
1: beautiful, and I I wouldn't trade it for the world. You know, I really think that we've um, come leaps and bounds in the last two years together in figuring out how we're going to be the best for each other.
0: That is beautiful. And then you guys can support each other in a way that other people would – it would not be possible for them to support you because you've both lived it and understand.
1: Yeah, I feel like that's what makes – I'm so glad we met now <laughs> and now <laughs> let's say, when I was 25, when I was still really just trying to do me to the fullest capacity and understand me more and go through my own traditional process. I feel like we both were doing that individually for so many years. And then when we met, it was like, okay, perfect timing. We've done the work enough, enough to be able to be good for each other now. And so now we can really fly.
0: I love it. Love yeah. it, Amber. And <laughs> If you were going to leave, like before we hop off, if you were going to leave, let's say one to three tips, tricks, hacks, mm. advice for the people out there, whatever's coming to your heart, what, what would you say? Um,
1: first and foremost, follow your heart. And uh, this is the tried and true thing that continues to drive my life and business is to follow, to, first of all, learn how to listen to your own heart all your inner tuition and guidance um, and your heart to pursue the things that let you up inside. And if you can pursue those passions full throttle and begin to incorporate those into your business and be able to give that back to humanity, I think you're going to be living a very fulfilling, joyous life. And to me, there's no greater uh there's no greater feeling than living on purpose and really giving back and serving something greater so follow your heart whatever that is and it can be that guiding light in the infinite sky of possibility and that can be that that anchor for you um also i would say man if i could do it all over again i would automate so much more my business (laughs) there's many ways to create beautiful systems and structures that support you and um allow you to ease ease your uh let's say uh, leverage your time, space, and energy and money so that you actually have the, the balance of the lifestyle that you want. So really creating that holistic lifestyle is key. Um, I'd also say do third, third final tip is be willing to do the deep internal work that's required to be. So the most successful people in the world, they have done the internal work to get there, meaning they've looked at their shadows. They've done the emotional Required to be able to transcend their own bullshit, so that they can surpass. They can walk through their fears. They can do the things that other people can't do because they're willing to do the internal rewiring of the mind, the healing of the heart, um, the rebalancing of the body. Right, all these things, so that they can be the best version of themselves. So be willing to go deep into those those dark places and accept all aspects of you. And I think when you do that, you're going to come out the other side. Um, really, really, uh, just living in a, a space of more peace and grace, and abundance, um, regardless of what your business uh, trajectory is.
0: Mm. Thank you, Amber. Mm. And do you suggest people to reach out to you on Facebook at Amber Sears?
1: Yeah, you guys are welcome to find me on Facebook. Also, Instagram is my favorite platform, so you can find me there. My handle is Self, and also my website Epic Self. So any of those places, you can chat with me. <laughs>
0: Perfect. Thank you so much. Thanks for being <laughs> having back.